Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code Gators to double your first deposit only at mybookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you, Gators, back in the win column. Go to College Station, get a win over the Texas A&M Aggies 41-24. to in a game that probably shouldn't have even been that close. If you want to go look at you know, just the second half, <laughs> we'll get into it all. We'll look at both, have, both halves of football for the Gators. Uh, it was a tale of two halves in College Station as the Gators moved to 5-4 and four on the season. One game short of bowl eligibility right now with South Carolina coming up. And it was a much-needed win. <laughs> and both teams desperate for a win, of course, the Gators and the Aggies. Uh, but, you know, for us... Uh, and what we've seen this team go through with a very, very tough schedule coming off of the Georgia game uh, as well. You wanted to see your Gators get back on track, and they did so on the road. I mean, played a pretty good performance versus Tennessee on the road and now go on the road again for only the second time this season in a true road game uh, and get the victory over the Aggies in a game that, uh, of course, if you go back to the preseason Many saw as a toss up because you probably saw Florida maybe a little better than what you than what was than what they showed coming into the game. Certainly Texas A and M better uh, than what we thought coming into that game, but you still didn't know uh, what what to get or what to uh, how to look at this game uh, because Florida has just been inconsistent all year. Texas A and M kind of the same, uh, but treading water because you know the, the, a lot more pressure uh, on that program of starting in the top ten. Uh, and that recruiting class and all the hoop and hop, you know, hoopla that come in uh, to this season with Texas A&M only to fall on their face this uh, this season. And then you come into the week. Uh, Connor Wegman plays last week, plays pretty well uh, for them. He's supposed to be the starter, and then Flu comes in uh, and kind of ravages through the team all week. 
but it didn't matter. If you're a Gator fan, you are getting this win any way you can. It doesn't matter what Texas A&M was going through. Florida had their own little issues as well. Brenton Cox not playing, of course, dismissed from the team. Uh, announced before the game, Justin Shorter would be out as well. Uh, so he was battling a hamstring injury throughout uh, the, the week of practice. So there were plenty for Florida to take advantage of. And what have I said plenty of times before? You get credit for doing what you were supposed to do. So Texas A&M licking some wounds, maybe a wounded animal a little bit with the flu going on. And this is a game Florida you know, could have, should have, would have won. And they did. And you're going to get credit for it. Um, and, you know, and go back to earlier this season. Florida plays USF, a team that they had no business in being in a one-score game with, to come out and you, you get that victory. But you know, the game shouldn't have been that close. You didn't do what you were really supposed to do in that game besides win the game. And that's what matters. But you didn't really play the game like you should have. This one, after a slow start in the first half, you did what you were supposed to do. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't perfect in the second half. But what we've seen from this team this year, you get the credit for the dub. You give this I mean, we, we, we don't. We know how hard this season has been for Florida and getting victories and or making victories, the, the victories that have been there, easier than they should have been. Uh, you know, Florida's had trouble pulling away from opponents this year, and some a little bit in this too, but still a 41-24 victory, a 41-point road performance for this Gators team. I mean, but you know, yeah, like I said, the Kentucky game as well, you know, you did not play your best at all. You didn't even play a good game that game. Still found a way in it, but you didn't do what you were supposed to do in that game. USF next week, you mentioned that game, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Missouri, in a lot of ways, you didn't really play good that, in that game either, but you came away with a victory. Florida found a way. There was progress. Big adjustments made from first half to second half, and I'll get into those numbers and give you a straight comparison of first half, second half. <laughs> and the numbers are, ooh, contrast. That's the best way to put it. A lot of difference in between that first half and that second half. Not so much for the offense. It, there were some differences there, too. But more so the defense in a uh, best performance they have put together in that second half. But we'll get into it all right here on this episode of Gators Break- Breakdown. Deep dive into the Texas A&M game. We'll go back and I'll kind of go through the game just a bit. Uh, and then key stats, some thoughts as we go through the 41-24 victory for the Gators. Everybody watching on YouTube, look, a little bit early, time change. Uh, but also with that noon game, I could prep during Saturday a little bit while those Georgia-Tennessee games was going on and the Bama-LSU game uh, was going on, watching those games, but also uh, prepping for Gators breakdown. So we get a little bit of early start here. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Plenty of reasons to hit that like button now. I mean, the content of a W for the Gators also, just hey, a like, a like, a like is just support, support of what we're doing right here on Gators Breakdown. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. Hit that bell, you get those notifications when Gators Breakdown goes live. Because as you know, you know Sunday's kind of up in the air, no set time when I go live. And then also leave a comment. Keep those comments coming. Whether it's in the live chat, whether it's you're watching a replay. A lot of times I'll come back in. 
get back, get back in on the conversation as well. Speaking of conversation, hot and heavy on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. You can join at gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm. Link is in the description, but also coming up, uh, a giveaway for two South Carolina tickets coming up. The game coming up. So if you join Gators Breakdown Plus, if you remember, you will be eligible to win two tickets to Florida, South Carolina. Drawing will be on Tuesday, so I can give you time to make some plans. But the Discord serve a lot of comments. I, I kind of hang out there more now during the games, talking to Gators Breakdown Plus members. A lot of fun we've had in there. Very passionate, <laughs> as Gator fans are known to be. Uh, but it, all in all, it usually works itself out. But uh, the conversation going on there during games, a whole lot of fun during the week as well. If you want to talk with other Gator fans, that is a great place to do so. A lot of great places out there. Uh, but we've built something pretty good there at Gators Breakdown Plus in that Discord server. You get those extra episodes as well. Q&A sessions, uh, chats throughout the week as well. They even did a chat before the game yes, uh, Saturday morning. So it was a lot of fun. We had a good conversation there uh, for about an hour or so before the kickoff of Florida Texas A&M. So a lot going on there at Gators Breakdown Plus, especially during football season. So only a few more weeks left of that, of course. All right, so let's get into this 41-24 victory for the Gators, of course. uh, Texas A&M forced to go to Haynes King at quarterback, Connor Wegman, uh, and the team dealing with the flu all week at Texas A&M. I put that tweet out there Thursday. Um, Gracious enough for uh, Texas A&M source to send that my way uh, and put it out there. And then uh, Connor Wegman also was dealing with concussion protocol during the week as well. Uh, but the flu kind of just run through Texas A&M down a whole, whole handful of players. And then, of course, as I mentioned, Brenton Cox dismissed for the Gators. Justin Shorter out at wide receiver for Florida. Kind of the storylines coming into the game right there. And then, then we go start this game. A good start by Anthony Richardson there at quarterback. And look, coming into the game, we knew Florida should be able to run the ball. But there were going to have to be plays made by Anthony Richardson, and he made them. And, uh, but to come in, coming into the game, Florida opened up passing the ball. Uh, and so a good start by Anthony Richardson. The offensive line struggled in that first drive. The Texas A&M front uh, gave him some issues, but also penalties on Michael Tarquin uh, there at right tackle. That ends up being a 3 nothing Gators lead. Get on the board first with a field goal. And then, of course, uh, the defense comes out very first play for Texas A&M. Big Devon A-chain run as he reverse field after some missed tackles. Gets all the way down into you know, pretty close scoring range there for Texas A&M. And you had a pass interference call on the Gators as well. And then an easy A-chain run for a touchdown where it looked like Amari Bernie and or Trey Dean just don't feel the uh, right gap uh, there on defense. 7-3 Aggies. After their first drive. Then Florida comes back out. You had some big runs, a targeting call on Texas A&M. AR, keeper for touchdown, 10-7 Gators. You can already tell. Um, and I said this in the preview last week. Yeah, chances for a shootout, maybe even run game shootout. Uh, and you kind of got that. Kind of got that. 10-7 Gators right there after the Gators' first uh, touchdown on their second possession. 
Texas A&M comes back out. You start seeing some rollouts there uh, from Texas A&M, getting the ball out quick for Haynes King. They convert a third and 10 and a third and goal for a touchdown. 14-10 Aggies at that point, two drives apiece for both offenses. Then Florida comes back out and the long Anthony Richardson touchdown. And you can see, I believe, even on the play before, a little bit of a read option in in some ways. And said to myself, all right, well, A&M's crashing down pretty hard. And we've seen it plenty of times this year where that has happened. And Anthony Richardson doesn't keep it. And I believe it was the very next play, very similar call. Anthony Richardson keeps it, goes around the right side, Long touchdown run for the Gators, and that was a pretty easy, pretty easy touchdown run <laughs> right there uh, for 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 the for the Gators. So puts it up right there, seventeen fourteen Gators. Then the Aggies drive again, miss a throw on third and three. Field goal, game's tied at seventeen. Gators come back out, convert a third and eight. Uh, then you had to pitch on fourth and six. Uh, third and goal, ETN run almost gets in, but the Gators settle for another field goal, 2017. Texas A&M, their next drive. That was highlighted by, and we saw it a couple times, Ventrell Miller tackling Devon A. Chain for a tackle for loss on you know a, run, a, a, a pass to the running back there. Uh, and we saw that a couple of times. And Devon A. Chain, he had that big run, and he's been a weapon. Uh, I said it last week in the Gators Breakdown uh, preview of this game. Uh, a. Chain, very, very good all-purpose back for Texas A&M. One of the SEC's best players as far as, an all, as far as an all-purpose player goes. And he could not get going in the passing game, partly due to Ventrell Miller matching up with him and making open-field tackles where A-Chain cannot use his speed to get going. That uses uh, third and 11, pass went high, ATM, that's their first punt of the game. So here it is, um, and kind of where we, I think, first had some little frustration with the offense, 238 before halftime. And uh, the end of the first half of Florida just does, it looks like a discombobulated mess. Um, but you could tell Florida wanted to be aggressive on that first play. They wanted to go deep. AR just kind of had to settle, had all day to throw. Um, assuming, you know, without seeing the replay uh, of, of the game at this point, that coverage was just good. And then he throws, just throws it way out of bounds I'm at, over Henderson's head. Uh, doesn't even give Henderson a, a, a chance. Comes back to that later on in the game. Uh, Henderson gets a nice gain out of it uh, as kind of a check down option. But nothing there. Uh, then you get a Pearsall sweep. That's a one-yard loss. You don't pick up third down. Only took 34 seconds off the clock. And you punt the ball, giving Texas A&M a chance to score before halftime. Um, you failed to build uh, a big lead uh, once again for the Gator team. You know we, We've seen this time and time again this year where they have a chance. Uh, the defense doesn't give me many opportunities, and I hate to kind of harp on it because that means the offense in some ways has to be perfect. Uh, but you, <laughs> and it happens in the second half finally. Uh, but at the at the same time, you want to see the offense take advantage when the defense gives them a chance to. Uh, not able to do so here. Punt failed to build that lead. Uh, so two oh four Aggies take over. You get a big Evan Stewart catch uh, and a run uh, for 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 twenty eight twenty four twenty Aggies at that point. 
Gators get the ball, minute left, get a delay a game, then a busted play, then you just let the clock run out. Uh, like as I said, it was a very, very discombobulated mess before halftime. Uh, they're not the first time, of course, we've seen uh, and warranted criticism of how Florida handles uh, clock management, time management uh, before halftime uh, right there. It ends up paying off, uh, of course. And like I said, you know, they, they, you, you could tell they wanted to be aggressive. That 238 before halftime getting that drive, Florida wanted to go deep. Uh, just didn't work out. Then once, once that play happened, it just kind of went into a shell, uh, looked like at that point. Uh, so, but also coming out, getting that delay a game, uh, drive with a minute left. You had plenty of time, all three timeouts left. So you have plenty of time. Uh, Florida just could not get that together, uh, right before halftime. Once again, Aggies go into halftime 24 to 20. And at that point just did not have a good feel for the game. The defense of course was not get the job done. Uh, once again, um, way too easy there for, uh, for, for Texas a and we'll get into the to, to the uh, comparison here in just a second between first half, second half. But uh, A&M pretty much doing what they wanted the first half on offense and the Gator, uh, Gator offense inconsistent once again uh, in the first half. But then comes halftime. And then, well, I mean, we get it right away. Right away. Texas A&M gets the ball first. Of course, they're up 24-20 and you're – kind of going back to the Tennessee game a little bit, not comparing Texas A&M and Tennessee, but you're kind of going back to that and like, man, you know, what Tennessee did, they scored right before halftime, and then they come out right after halftime and scored. So you didn't want that to happen, and we, 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 we saw it for this Gator team happening uh, before, earlier this season. Not this time. Lo and behold, the Gators defense forced a three and out on the first drive. Then you get a great punt return. By Xavier Henderson. Then you get a 21-yard pa- pass to Ricky Pearsall. Then a great, great, maybe one of his, if not the best throw we've ever seen Anthony Richardson make, the 19-yard fade from Anthony Richardson to Jaquavion Frazier's in the end zone. Touchdown, Gators, two plays, 40 yards, 27-24. That was great complimentary team football to start the second half. You get the three and out. What did I just say? When, when you get something from the defense, take advantage. They don't give you many options. Or they don't give you many opportunities. They do in the second half of this game, though. But starting right away, they gave you the opportunity. They forced the three and out. We have not seen many of those throughout the whole season. But you get the three and out. You get a great punt return. And then Anthony Richardson, Pierce Saul, boom. Quick Frazier's boom, touchdown, two plays, 40 yards, 27-24 Gators. And that was it. That, that would have won the game right there. <laughs> Texas A&M doesn't score in the second half. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Once again, Texas A&M comes on the field. Another three and out to start the second half for this Gator defense. But kind of go, and look, at this point in the second half, it's a little bit nitpicking. 
You get a three and out from the Aggies. Gators go three and out. Richardson sacked on third and 12. Florida's one of six on third down at that point of the game. So as I said, as we, we know how the game plays out, so a little bit of nitpicking there. But as I said, this was one chance for Florida just kind of finally to step on the throat of an opponent early in the game. You got the three, another three and out from the defense, but you go three and out yourself. But then next drive uh, for Texas A&M, after, you know, Florida goes three and out, gives the ball back to Texas A&M. And once again, Ventrell Miller tackles A-chain, again, no gain on the reception. Trying, they're trying to get A-chain, trying, trying to, first of all, settle Haynes King down because you, you saw in the second half, he just couldn't get anything going. So an easy pass to A-chain, Ventrell Miller right there to make the play. Third and 10 falls incomplete. Another punt for Texas A&M. Ramped up some pressure for the Gators. And Will Miles did a good job at pointing this. What you saw in the second half was Florida closed the middle of the field off. King got to start making throws towards the outside, and you started seeing it. Bad throws by him, high throws by him. With that, Florida was able to ramp up the pressure because the coverage was a bit better. But also, Florida just started winning up front, partly because of better coverage, but also just played better up front. Some stunts, guys just winning one-on-one battles, coming around the edge. We'll get to that in just a sec, but looking at differences. There's plenty of time to get into that. You know, this is just looking pure at the game. We'll, we'll have Will on Monday and get a look at what he saw. I'll do a rewatch of the game myself as well, but Will did a really good job of pinpointing some plays, what Florida was able to do in that second half over at Read and Reaction. So you force another punt. You get the ball back. Big Montreal Johnson run for 22 yards on the first play of this drive. Anthony Richardson, 11-yard run. A reverse to Pearsall for 20 yards. Third and five, and man, I tell you what, this run by ETN, it was third and five for the Gators. And Texas A&M, once again, gets in the backfield. But Trevor ETN makes every defender in the vicinity miss, converts to third and five, sets up the Gators. Anthony Richardson throws the ball to Ricky Pearsall, pulled away. That was a touchdown out there. Great play by the Aggie defender. But Florida scores anyway. Third and nine after that. Anthony Richardson doesn't panic, moves up in the pocket, finds Caleb Douglas for the touchdown, his second reception of the season, his second touchdown, <laughs> and 34-24 Gators at that point. So here we go. Texas A&M gets the ball back. It ends up third and six. Another incompletion. Hey, we get a little bit, a little bit of help from the referee there. I'll take it. I don't care. <laughs> so Florida gets the ball back. Next drive, uh, some nice uh, 14, 21-yard passes there. Uh, you had Anthony Richardson to Quavion Frazier's and to Ricky Pearsall, respectively, there. Then the big 24-yard run uh, down to the 12. Third and nine for the Gators. And as I said, yes, it's some nitpicking right here. But third and nine, Anthony Richardson has Ricky Pearsall, misses the slant. Slant passes behind him. It was, and we've seen that inconsistency on the slant pass um, pretty much all season. Yeah, he hits one early with the RPO uh, in this game. Uh, but this was third and nine. You had a chance. You're up 34-24. Uh, and this is kind of what I was talking about, uh, of course. And 
you don't get it. Uh, inconsistent on those slants, but still. Um, then you can, of course, miss field goal. Oof, you know, that hurts. <laughs> uh, but we can laugh at it now in some ways. And then here we go. Defense finally gets the turnovers. Texas A&M's driving first time all second half, third and seven. Gators come up big again on defense in the second half. Princely comes around the edge, fumbles sack. Lloyd Summerall recovers. And we wondered who was going to step up to create some pressure. Brenton Cox is out. Who's going to create it for the Gators? It didn't necessarily happen in the first half all that much, but it does happen in the second half. Princely fumbles sack. Lloyd Summerall recovers. Gators start on their own 36. They go three and out. Um, just can't extend the lead more. At that point, I was kind of just wanting to commit to the run more. Uh, but didn't happen. But here we go. Defense comes up again. And the main guy taking over for Brenton Cox, Antoine Powell Ryland, forces another sack fumble. Gators in great field position at the AM 29. But then eight plays that don't get anything again. Fourth and goal. This looks kind of ugly. Gators just get demolished in the backfield. Still 34-24. I mean, at that point, you know, you felt good that the Gators were going to win unless it just completely fell apart, but still just couldn't build on that lead. So at that point, 425 left in the game. Texas A&M starting at their own nine. They had a third and 10 conversion on the next third and 10 pressure forces, a high throw fourth and 10 King scrambles after really good coverage by the Gators, then pressure pass sells out of bounds Gators ball at the Texas A&M 24 big Montreal Johnson run on the first play for 16. Then he scores a few plays later. Finally Gators finally get that touchdown on a five yard run by Johnson 41, 24. That would be the final score for the Gators and winning the defense pitches that shutout in the second half. To review that, here are the drives for Texas A&M in the second half. Three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Five plays, punt. Three plays, punt. Ten plays, fumble. Three plays, fumble. Turnover on downs. Three plays, punt. Great, great bounce back and performance there by the defense in the second half. The offense was chewing up, getting yards. Couldn't put it in the end zone. We will nitpick that just a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Gators needed that victory. So happy to get back in that win column. Needed it. I think we needed some positive momentum after the last couple of weeks. Needed something to point to. And the Gators get the 41-24 victory. All right, we'll take a look at some stats, some notes from the game as well. But before we do, you know sports. You pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for it at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime and anywhere. Bet on the NFL, college football, or swing for the fences with the brand new money bag. The MyBookie money bag is a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. Just place your bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. 
Sign up for free. Use promo code GATERS and claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that is promo code GATERS at mybookie.ag to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself the competitive edge. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain-resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right, here we go. Let's take a look at some stat comparison from Florida, Texas A&M, right here. 492 total yards for the Gators to 413 for Texas A&M. 201 passing yards there for Anthony Richardson, of course, but throw in his rushing yards and we'll take a look at that for total yards. But 201 passing for Anthony Richardson, 279 for Texas A&M. Rushing yards, 291 for the Gators. We knew this Texas A&M rush defense was not great, and the Gators take advantage. 291 to 134-yard edge for the Gators. And look, the Gators have had their own issues. Stopping the run this year on defense, well, stopping anything on, the run, on, the, on that. But you know, if Texas A&M was going to win this game, I wasn't pointing at either quarterback. I was pointing at stopping D- Devon A-Chain. Even though didn't really show it, as far as season stats go, it was still the player I thought you just could not let get going. He had that one big run. That was about it. Gators, 10 penalties, but only 39 yards. I mean, look at that. Texas A&M had half the penalties and the same yardage. So Florida, you know, it was of course, we saw all the fall starts in the first half. Didn't see it all that much later on. First downs, 28-23 edge for the Gators. Third downs, not great for either team. 4-12 for Florida, 4-13 for Texas A&M. That is definitely worth pointing out because we've seen all the issues. No matter who the Gators have played, and especially lately, a lot of the third longs. But credit where credit is due, 4-13 was Texas A&M on third down. Gators 1-2 on fourth down. Aggies 0-1. for 1. Total play 78 for the Gators. 70 for Texas A&M. Yards per play. Big, and you're going to want to remember this one because I'll give you the first half, second half look in just a second. 6.3 for the Gators. 5.9 for Texas A&M. And after that first half, 5.9 for Texas A&M is a huge difference. Average yards per completion, 11.8 for the Gators. 12.1 for the Aggies. Average yards per rush, 5.8 for the Gators, 5.4 for A&M. And look, average yards per rush, I mean, remember that first big run for A&M, and the Gators still have a better average when it's all said and done. Red zone, Gators 5 of 7, 
as I said, nitpicking a bit, this game wouldn't even been that close had the Gators been a seven for seven in the red zone. Aggies did go four for four in the red zone. Time of possession, Gators dominate. 3707 to 2253. You had AM with the two turnovers. And as I said, all this season, you know, i I keep giving credit where we can on defense, and they have at least been able to create turnovers, and that continued again versus Texas AM. AM with those two fumbles lost. Gators two sacks. Both those sacks turn in to the fumbles for the Gators. And the Gators have six tackles for loss. A&M, eight tackles for loss. As I said, it was a kind of a up-and-down day for the offensive line for, for the Gators. I mean, you look, you put 291 up on, in the rushing yards. But, you know, still, uh, especially early, that first drive, A&M, a lot of success on that first drive up front. You know, Florida still got a field goal out of it. Uh, but then also to play at the goal line where Florida just got demolished. Florida had run a toss play uh, before that 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 stop, and I was kind of hoping Florida would just rush up to the line and, and run that same toss, but uh, did not. <laughs> got demolished uh, right there, and get stopped on fourth down on the goal line. All right, so here we go. This was the story of the game. Story of the game right here. Let's take a look. First half, second half comparison. If you're on YouTube, of course, you get the graphics. A whole lot easier to follow along, but. Audio version. I'll try and make it easy as well. So 24-20 at halftime. As I mentioned, Aggies did not score again the rest of the game. Florida outscores Texas A&M 21-0 in the second half. Total yards is the big difference. 263 in the first half for the Gators, 229 in the second half. But Texas A&M, 307 yards in the first half. Only 106 in the second half. 200 yards less in the second half. Big, big difference. Gators, 23 rush attempts for 7.4 yards in the first half. 27 for 4.5 in the second. But it was Texas A&M, that was a big difference. Of course, they did have the big run by A-Chain to start the game off of them. Rush attempts, 14 for 8.8. 11 rushes in the second half for Texas A&M for one yard. The Gators held a 121 to 11 yard edge in rushing yards in the second half. Also in the second half, compared to the first half for Texas A&M through the air, 14 and 19 for 184 in the first half. One touchdown. 9 of 26 for 95 yards in the second half. In the first half, one more time, 14 of 19, 184. In the second half, 9 of 26 for 95. A&M, 3 of 5 on third downs in the first half, 1 of 8 on third down in the second half. Average yards per play. 6.9 for the Gators in the first half, 5.7 in the second half. Some of that because, you know, Florida was uh, in the red zone. It kind of shortens up a little bit. But at the same time, Texas A&M, 9.3 average yards per play in the first half. If that would have continued, that would have been a, whew, that would been ugly. 2.9 in the second half for Texas A&M. 
9.3 to 2.9. Great job by the Decatur defense. Great, great job. What we needed to see. Halftime adjustments. Better play. Once again, this team doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't fold. This time, not folding turns into a, a big victory. This time, not folding turns into absolutely shutting down Texas A&M. This wasn't a, you know, having to, it was only 24-20 at halftime. It wasn't what we have seen a couple times this year, Tennessee, LSU, where not folding means you can get back into the game. Georgia last week. This time, not folding means you go and win the game 41-24. You completely shut out Texas A&M in the second half. After the way that first half played out and the end of it as well, I mean, once again, we could have saw this team kind of, you know, not put it all together, not, not come together for the second half, but they do. And don't get me wrong, yes, I know, Texas A&M, not a great team. But neither was Florida coming into this game. And you can sit here and say, well, Texas A&M didn't have that person, that person. I don't care. It does not matter. <laughs> this Florida team is average at best right now and went and got the dub. All right, let's take a look right here. Florida stats. Anthony Richardson, 17 to 28, 201 yards, two touchdowns, 61% completion percentage. But more importantly, look at that right there. No interceptions. This is the third straight game where Anthony Richardson has not thrown an interception. And granted, it has only equal to a 1-2 and two record. You lost to LSU, you lost to Georgia, you get the win versus Texas A&M. But big improvement from what we saw earlier this season. First of all, touchdown passes, of course. Took a while for him to get there. Had to go to Tennessee before he even threw a touchdown pass. Interceptions were piling up. The touchdown to interception ratio was not great. But right now, three straight games for Anthony Richardson with no interceptions. Keep talking about progress. We saw progress on defense. We have seen progress from Anthony Richardson. Is he the Heisman electric, making plays left and right quarterback that many of us envision? No. But he is getting better. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And then look at, just look at this receiving. You were without Justin Shorter, who has been probably your better playmaker down the field for the skater offense. Catching some big-time throws this year. But Jaquavion Frazier steps up. Four catches, 50 yards, one touchdown with that beautiful throw and catch from Anthony Richardson. He was targeted seven times. Xavier Henderson, four catches, 33 yards. Had a longest 17. Ricky Pearsall 
getting creative with him, by the way. And I even mentioned that in the uh, Gators Breakdown Plus chat we had on Saturday morning. was kind of, I said, disappointed with the way we've used Ricky Pearsall. And lo and behold, Florida comes out, gives him some rushes. He has three catches for 65 yards. Probably should have had a touchdown in there. But three catches, 65 yards for Ricky Pearsall. Caleb Douglas stepping up. With Justin Shorter out, guys needed to step up. Caleb Douglas does so as well. Three catches, 25 yards, one touchdown. Montreal Johnson, two catches, 20 yards. Dante Sanders, one catch, eight yards. Keon Zipper were out as well. I didn't mention that earlier, of course. Uh, but and look, on the big, big Anthony Richardson run, you saw Jonathan Odom with a very nice block to help spring that. Ricky Pearsall, I believe, also uh, blocking down the field for that big run. So Jonathan Odom comes in. We've seen Florida with their two tight end sets, mostly being Keon Zipper and Dante Zanders, but Jonathan Odom uh, steps in for the Gators, provides a very, very nice block on a big play for the Gators. Florida rushing the ball. Montreal, look, I think I even said this before Twitter, things I wanted to see before this game. Um, I didn't necessarily put it in the preview last week, but still, you know, sometimes some thoughts come to me <laughs> through, through uh, late week, Saturday morning as well. Uh, and looking at this Texas A&M defense, I was like, all right, I want 15 carries for Montreal Johnson, and I want 15 carries for Trevor Etienne. Well, we overshot that. Montreal Johnson, 22 carries, 100 yards. One touchdown, four and a half yards per carry. Trevor Etienne, 17 carries, 80 yards, 4.7. So you were getting about the same production from both guys, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne. You got Ricky Pearsall involved as well. Three attempts, 34 yards. But the big one, of course, getting Anthony Richardson more involved in the run game. He had seven attempts, 78 yards, of course, along 60-yard run, two touchdowns. So four total touchdowns. For Anthony Richardson, 279 total yards for the quarterback. Gators, one more time, 50 attempts on the ground when you throw in Johnson, ETN, Richardson, Pearsall. 50 attempts, 291 yards, three rushing touchdowns. 5.8 yard average. And one more, let's take a look at Texas A&M. Not as pretty on that side. About time we get to throw up a stat sheet like this for the opposing offense. Didn't look like it was going to be that way in the first half, but Haynes King, 23 of 45, 279, one touchdown. Evan Stewart, man, that guy, whew. Sure wish he was on Florida's sideline. What a weapon. What a true freshman. Eight catches, 120. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. He was targeted 17 times. I will give a, a Jimbo and the A&M credit right there. Uh, first of all, Haynes King had to throw 45 times. Florida shut down that run game. And they probably went away from it too much. You know, Jimbo going to get criticized, rightfully so, for that. It's gotten criticized for the offensive play calling development there at Texas A&M. Probably should have tried to run the ball a bit more, but fell into the trap. Wanted to pass the ball. Man, don't blame me. We've seen this Florida defense kind of give up. Doesn't really matter, but I think he went too far away from the run. But anyway, give him credit there for trying to get Evan Stewart the ball. Targeted 17 times. 
Moose Muhammad targeted 13 times, but he had seven catches, 99 yards. He was a big weapon. Max Wright, the tight end, five catches, 59 yards. But the big one for me, Devon A-Chain. And Florida did a good job last week against Georgia, too, in, in, in limiting McIntosh, who was one of their better receivers. And as a running back, did a good job on him. Didn't do a good job everywhere else, of course, but did a good job on him last week, not letting him get crazy. But Devon A-Chain, I mean, he had three attempts. As I mentioned, Ventrell Miller was blanketing him on two of those. We saw the kind of weapon he is in the run game. That very first play, reversing field, big run for him. That went for 65 yards, but Florida held him in check in the passing game. You could not let him get going. Three attempts. One, three catches. One yard. Did have that one touchdown, though. But the other two just not, did not go for anything, thanks to Ventrell Miller. And here we go. Uh, Texas A&M rushing Devon A. Chain, 16 attempts, 122. Two touchdowns. That longest 65 there. 7.6 yards of rush, mostly carried by that 65-yard run. Had about half of that the rest of the game. That was your look at the Texas A&M Aggie stats there. Thankfully, not a lot to hit home about, thanks to a great, great Gator performance on defense in the second half. All right, so one point shy of a season high on the Aggies defense did the Gators produce. 41 points for the Gators. Mississippi State had the high on this Texas A&M defense with 42. And the Gators really should have beat that. So many chances to put the game away, as I said. Uh, only to fall short in the red zone, missing field goals as well. I mean, a more consistent performance, and this is a second-half blowout. It's just a little more consistent on offense. Third straight game for Anthony Richardson with no interceptions, as I mentioned. He had 201 yards passing. Now, look, I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but also you got to throw in his, his rushes as a complete player for this Florida offense. But at the same time, 201 yards passing. Go back to the preview last week, and we looked at the stats. Texas A&M average giving up 170 passing yards a game. Anthony Richardson beats that by 31 yards. Now, some of that, of course, I think you can go and, and look at it. You can run on this Aggie defense. So I think that, that that's held passing yards down a bit. But at the same time, enough Games have been played so far this year where they were averaging 170. AR comes out with 201. In two road games this season, Anthony Richardson, 148.8 passing efficiency, 327 yards passing per game at Tennessee, at Texas A&M, four touchdowns, one interception, averaging 70 rushing yards a game, four rushing touchdowns, on the road. Also on the road, Gators are averaging 37 points, 543 yards, 327 passing, 216 rushing. So I guess that bodes well for the trip to Vanderbilt and Florida State, hopefully, right? <laughs> After this home game versus South Carolina coming up this week. 
Of course, the Gators, 5.9 yards per carry. That was ranking third in college football coming into the game. That's on track to set a record set in 2008 for the Gators. 5.9 coming in. Gators averaged 5.8. So right there at the average against Texas A&M. It was a season rushing high for the Gators. This 50 attempts for 291 yards to 50 attempts was a season high. Montreal Johnson, with that season high, it was a career high for him. 22 carries for Montreal Johnson. Trevor Etienne, also a career high, 17 times. And look, I previewed it so much. So uh, enough. Florida needed to run the ball in this game, given A&M struggles there all season long. And it was an up and down. I mean, you still got, I mean, crazy 291 yards. But, you know, it wasn't like Florida was gashing every play. I mean, if Richardson's 60-yard touchdown run goes a long way here, his third rushing touchdown of 45-plus yards this season, recorded his seventh and eighth rushing touchdown of the season in the first quarter, third game this season with three or more total touchdowns for Anthony Richardson, and his second game of the season with four or more total touchdowns in that other road performance versus Tennessee. And mentioned, as I said, I love the creative use of Ricky Pearsall. I think he needs the ball in his hands more to help this Gator offense get a little more creative, hit some explosive plays, because the Gators did so this game. And a lot of it was due to Ricky Pearsall getting him involved a little bit more. Uh, wide receiver Caleb Douglas, his second career reception came in that form of that 12-yard touchdown catch. Uh, that was the 34-24 touchdown in the third quarter. His Both of his... First two receptions, his first two career receptions went for touchdowns. Remember, he had that 61-yard touchdown versus Eastern Washington. He finished with his career high, three catches. And a slow start for the offensive line, of course. He kind of going through the positions here, but did settle in. Only gave up one sack uh, and then create some run lanes for this Gator. Rushing attack. Florida's 20 explosive plays marked the team's most in a game this season. Seven passes of 15-plus yards gained 136 yards. And 13 rushes of 10-plus yards that gained the Gators 235 yards. Of course, that was highlighted by Anthony Richardson's 60-yard touchdown run. 20 explosive plays. That's the official stats. That's how they count them. Passes have to go for 15-plus yards. Rushes have to go for 10-plus. 20 explosive plays for the Gators. And that defense, pitching that shutout in the second half, holding the Aggies, 106 total yards, 11 rushing yards after halftime. Held Texas A&M 4-13 on third down, 0-for-1 on fourth down. Florida's performance on third down, that 30.8, tied for their third down performance versus Kentucky, where they also held Kentucky to 30.8. And how about those turnovers for this Gator defense? Recorded its 16th turnover of the season with a pair. Fourth quarter, fourth fumble. You could just feel it. They were so close to getting those turnovers in this game. Uh, those throws, they didn't come in the form of interceptions, kind of like I thought they would, because you were seeing in the second half, King was either overthrowing receivers or trying to throw them open. He just couldn't fit it in there. It was like, okay, one of those is going for a pick. The Gators were kind of close to picking one off, but it was more – their pressure, the coverage helped. But the pressure up front, creating those turnovers for the Gators. The Gators have had at least one turnover in eight of nine games this season. 
And they first take away in the game of the fourth quarter. Human uh, Mielin forced his second fumble of the season, followed by Lloyd Summerall. Uh, fumble recovery, and then Powell Ryland gave Florida second takeaway with the fourth quarter strip sack on the next drive. Back-to-back drives with those turnovers. And look, Amari Bernie recovered his first fumble recovery of the season, second of his career. Amari Bernie has been involved in five takeaways for the Gators this season. Of course, we all remember the game-winning interception versus Utah, but he's had two interceptions this season, last week versus Georgia as well. Two forced fumbles and no fumble recovery. Mari Bernie, around the ball, much improved player this year. And look, I know, not perfect. As I said, go back to that first touchdown by Texas A&M, him and or trading, not, not filling that gap. But for the most part, Amari Bernie, much better player this year. Around the ball, helping create turnovers. Around the ball one more time this season versus Texas A&M. And look, we have to highlight it. Just because of the headline, Brenton Cox dismissed from the team. And Antoine powell Ryland steps in at Jack. And look, he's played a bit this season. He didn't show what he showed yesterday versus Texas A&M. But sometimes when you know you're the guy, that just kind of awakens something. And I hope that's the case right here with powell Ryland. I hope this is what we see week in and week out. Career high, six tackles, three of them solo, two tackles for loss, one sack, one forced fumble. That was his second forced fumble of the season, by the way. As I said, we've seen him in there sparingly throughout this season. He's played a good bit of snaps. Didn't show this. And big credit to him for when he gets his opportunity. And when Florida needs him more than ever to go out there and put that performance up. Defensive end, Princely Yumemielin, one sack, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries, one forced fumble. Yumemielin now has four sacks, seven tackles for loss this season. He's coming along nicely lately. He is playing better as the season progresses as well. When we're talking, you know, what are, what are benchmarks that we're seeing throughout the season? We all want progress. And we saw some in Texas A&M. We saw some players step up. We saw a defense step up in the second half. It's not perfect. We know that. But what are things we can start looking at in the last month of the season? And Princely is one of those guys I think we, or last couple games, started putting it together on a more consistent basis and really shine versus the Aggies. Ventrell Miller finished one tackle for loss, four tackles, three of them solo, and those solo tackles were so, oh so big in keeping Devin, Devon A. Chain from going. I'm going I'm I'm to highlight that one a little bit more. I went back and looked. Last two games, Devon Chain came into this game. Last two games now. Seven catches, 57 yards versus South Carolina. Last week versus Ole Miss, seven catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown versus the Rebels. And one more time to look at it, three catches for one yard. I did have that touchdown there by the goal line, but besides that, Ventral Miller in his face. Not letting him get going. Seven catches in each of the last two games for A-Chain. Only three versus the Gators. Had that 65-yard run on their very first play. 57 the rest of the game. I mean, big bounce back. Something we needed to see from this defense because, man, it was looking oh so ugly once again. And look, 
Didn't see that coming at all. Did not see that performance in the second half. I mean, you, that's so rare just in college football to see a team play that bad on defense in the first half only to turn around and make it look exactly opposite in the second half. Coaching deserves some credit. Players deserve some credit. Look, when it looks as bad as it did, and I've said this plenty of times, it's not just one or the other. When you look that bad that we have seen at times this year, it is coaching and it is players. It is both. It takes both to be that bad. But also what we saw in the second half, it takes both to turn it around like that. You saw some nice adjustments. You saw some better coverage. You saw an adjustment to take the middle of the field away. Go back one more time. I'm going to throw Will Miles a, another shout out there. Go to read reaction, read his article about all that. But also just winning up front, winning your battles up front. They needed to come together. So the coaching aspect was there. The player aspect was there. And if we hopefully can see, Florida's not going to play that good for the rest of the season. They're not. You know, Texas A&M had a part to do with this too. But one more time, you get credit for, in ways, doing what you're supposed to do. We won't get that type of performance week in and week out from this defense that we saw in the second half. But can we get something like that? A step below would take this Gator team probably to, FSU's going to be a, a challenge. You know, I think we, we know that. They're, they're, they're a good team. And we said that last week, looking at the rest of the schedule. Probably the better team, the best team remaining on the schedule. But you get that type of performance on defense, and this Gator offense keeps humming along in some ways. That might be good enough to finish this season 3-0 the rest of the way. But kudos, applause for that big turnaround in the second half. And there we go. Sets up the Gators. Now one game shy, getting bowl eligibility. With South Carolina coming up, Florida announced it is a sellout. South Carolina coming to the swamp. I remember that ugly game last year that kind of set the wheels in motion for a coaching change at Florida. Florida goes on the road to Columbia, just gets absolutely stopped. Hopefully some payback <laughs> coming up this week for the Gators and getting bowl eligible for getting those ever-important bowl game practices. But uh, South Carolina did beat Vanderbilt. Uh, Florida's next two opponents, by the way, played each other on Saturday night. South Carolina pulled away second half. And, and it's coming up as the Gators' next opponent. Uh, looking at the defense one more time, Trey Dean uh, led, did lead the team in tackles seven. Uh, there, you know, not not necessarily, you know. Seeing the safety as your leading tacklers, you know, maybe good and bad. He doesn't play that close to the line of scrimmage to be kind of that quote unquote third linebacker. It, 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 that's there at times, but still means sometimes the offense is getting to the second third level and the safety's last line of the defense in making a tackle. Trading seven tackles. Jervon Dexter, six tackles. One of his better games this season, of course. He had three solo, three assisted. But definitely one of his better games this season. I know I've been pretty critical uh, of Dexter this season. Dealing with a bit of a back injury. 
that uh, have heard playing through it. That a full excuse for some of the play this year? Probably not. But it is a factor. Probably his best game this season. Antoine Powell, as I mentioned, six tackles there. Rashad Torrance, five tackles. Jason Marshall, four. Ventral Miller, four. Princely with three. Jalen Kimber, two. Uh, Justice Boone is in there a, a good bit. Man, they should have had a, a holding call. Uh, called a, on him, not on him, but um, on the Texas a and I mean, he pretty much got tackled uh, by the Texas A&M off in the lineman. Uh, he was coming in big time, big time power rush and just gets tackled. Uh, no call there. But uh, Travez Johnson, uh, Donovan McMillan, Travez Johnson, Jarius Perkins, uh, Shamar James, also on the stat sheet there as well. But there we go. There's your look back. Gators 41, Texas A&M 24. Big victory for the Gators. Much better. Coming right here on Gators Breakdown and talking about a victory. (laughs) I was already tired of talking about losses. I'm sure you guys didn't like hearing about the losses either. But everybody, thank you so much for hopping on here this early Sunday morning. Earlier than normal. Right here for Gators Breakdown. Man, only three more games after this as far as the regular season goes. Hopefully we can talk about three more victories as this season comes to a close. But we certainly did so today. 41-24 Gators over Texas A&M. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.